I believed for a moment there that I actually wasn't going to live. I felt like, oh, okay, like I guess I'm going now. And in that space, I had no fear. <laughs> All I felt was this like divine, perfect, inexplicable, beautiful love. And it was just like this peace. And what I surmised from that, and I don't know, I'm a human, you know, I don't know. But I wonder, I'm curious to wonder that if when we do die, if that's what we're actually met with, what is it that we're so afraid of while we're here living? Hello, hello there, Brave Table fam. Welcome to another episode of The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Nitha, and this is your oasis, your destination for becoming all things more brave in your relationships, in your life, and in your actions. Now, today, what if you had from crisis to creation, surviving near death, embracing motherhood, and braving entrepreneurship starting from scratch? Now, my guest today has literally been through the fire in her life. And we talk about her near-death experience that shook her to her core and not only shifted her from her corporate career into getting fully brave and starting something where people thought it was completely impossible. And now she is the go-to queen for helping women enter a new season and stage of business, building wealth, building financial independence, and getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. It is my guest, Amber Lillystrom, and she is a pioneer. She is a force. She's been featured on Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Working Mother Magazine. She has been the author of multiple books called Quantum Health, Paddle Home, Mastering Your Money Mind. She is a trauma survivor, an infertility warrior, an adoptive mama, a former D1 athlete with 20 years of pro experience in marketing, sales, and branding. And she today is on the Brave Table to talk all things on her experience with trauma, survivorship, adopting, and more. In this episode, we talk about embracing life's fullness, the duality of our emotions, reconnecting with our body, our heart's desire, and when to shift perspectives, even when it's so hard. We also talk about how to open up doors to new opportunities, even when we're resisting. And many times when we are on the brink of transitioning careers and stepping into our fullest alignment. Now, this is for you if you've ever wondered about shifts, if you are ever wondering, or if maybe you're stuck in a season and stage of your life currently. This is your permission to fully dive in and extract all of the juice by the one and only Amber Lillystrom. You are going to get so much value out of this. So without further ado, let's welcome her to the Brave Table this week. Amber, welcome to the show, love. It is so good. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you, Nita. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. Well, first and foremost, I mean, I kind of want to start... <laughs> this is all about brave conversations mm -hmm. and... You have now a 10-month-old, but you also have a, a, a nine-year-old daughter. So can you take us through that journey of now becoming a mama again after nine years and how that's been? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been a miracle. Yeah. My motherhood story, as every motherhood story, is a brave journey. And it's really, if I go all the way back, my earliest dream for my life was to be a mom. I also wanted to be an author and a speaker and all those things, but it was always secondary to motherhood. I always knew I would be a mom. And so as life went forward, and there's a lot of things in between, obviously, in my story, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, and I had an eating disorder. And 
I was a division one athlete and I struggled with infertility and didn't really necessarily know that because I had endometriosis and ultimately just went through fertility treatments to conceive our daughter. And we were fortunate to conceive in the first try. And so I didn't have a story of infertility. I didn't really know anything. It was like this, this blind bliss, frankly. And so I conceived Ani when I was 30 and gave birth to her uh, when I was 31 and ended up having just traumatic birth experience. I had a near-death experience on the the operating room table when she was born. So I had an emergency C-section, you know, like a lot of us do, right? I was in there, I was working and she just was face up and my body was getting tired and and she had I had a fever and you know it's just this is normal this is a normal part of birth and we're very privileged to live in this time space reality where there's medical support and intervention because frankly I have a dear friend who's a an OB 15 year OB and she said to me you know as like unpacking my story my birth story she was like you know the reality is you probably both would not have survived if this had been at a different time and so just to like find that gratitude of like, this is the time space that I was born into and my daughter was as well. And so I went in and it was just like kind of a normal C-section situation. But when they applied the block, it ended up becoming a high spinal and it froze my diaphragm. So I stopped breathing. Mm -hmm. And I went through like this whole, really like if you watch anything or read anything about near-death experiences, I had the full experience. I had the out of body, the, the bird's eye view. You had the bird's eye view. You were looking at yourself. Can you take us through that for for some of our listeners who've never had the NDE as as what you're explaining? Yeah. Yeah. So at first it was like, I was conscious and I was aware and I could hear everything that was happening. I heard my surgeon ask the anesthesiologist, like, how can I help? And that was the moment where I realized because my breath was getting shorter and shorter. I couldn't take a deep breath and I was starting to kind of I just couldn't access my own oxygen. And they did have a bag valve mask over my face, which is also a very, I've never had that happen before. So I could like feel my lungs inflating, but I wasn't really doing it. It was just a very strange somatic experience. And I passed out, I lost consciousness. And sort of like in that space, my mind was, was, I felt this like total fear, this total anger, like this feeling of like, I'm not doing it. Like I know what I want to be doing in my life and I'm not doing it. And it just was this like, glaring sadness, deep sense of like regret. And that kind of enveloped me. And then it sort of transitioned into immediately going over my where the room where my husband was and I could see him. And he was like playing with the camera and he had his scrubs on and he was supposed to be coming in and he hadn't come in because of what was going on. And so he was, I saw Ben and then I saw my parents out in the waiting room. My mom was walking back and forth. My dad was sitting in a chair playing with his camera. And then I saw myself and I saw the people all around me. And it just like that moment suddenly melted into this profound feeling of gratitude for the people in my life Mm -hmm. and for the love that I had in my life. And it was just like this beautiful sensation of just knowing how loved I was. Yeah. And it was like nothing really mattered at that. It was like the thing that I felt so frustrated, I had this big frustration cloud, and then that just melted away into gratitude. And then from that gratitude, I went to this place of total surrender. And I think it's important to say back then, A, I wasn't religious and I'm still not religious, but I'm very spiritual. I wasn't very spiritual back then. And I said while I was laying there on the table, God, if this is your will for my life, then I surrender. Like, okay. And what I was able to kind of come to in this, I mean, I have no idea how much time elapsed, but what I did know was no matter what my daughter was going to be okay. 
And she was with the people that would love her and take care of her and be with her for her whole life. And whether I was there or not, I knew Ani was okay. Oh, Mm -hmm. it was so emotional. And I just gave it all over. I just handed myself, I was just like, okay, I fully surrender. And in that experience, like on the table, you you could see everything. Yes. Yes. I could see my, right. And I just like gave it over and it was like a switch flipped and I was suddenly back in my body and I was conscious and I could see the curtain, right? And then I heard the anesthesiologist like kind of with urgency. He was like, go, go. And then they started the procedure and they were like, you're going to feel pressure and all this. And I was back in my body, but I was just like, what is even happening? I don't know. Like Ben's not here. My Now I'm feeling the sensation of what was, you know, the pressure of a C-section and what actually happens there. The anticipation, the like, I'm alive. Like, oh my gosh, you know? And it was so bewildering. But what I will say, and this is the thing I've taken with me, many things, but this one piece feels like this golden nugget that's so important. And it's almost like, I'm supposed to tell this, like I'm supposed to bring this back. It's that I believed for a moment there that I actually wasn't going to live. I felt like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I'm going now. And in that space, I had no fear. Mm -hmm. All I felt was this like divine, perfect, inexplicable, beautiful love. And it was just like this peace And what I surmise from that, and I don't know, I'm a human, you know, I don't know, but I wonder, I'm curious to wonder that if when we do die, if that's what we're actually met with, what is it that we're so afraid of while we're here living? Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a beautiful and also huge undertaking and just full-on perspective shift. Yeah. Right. On every like physical, emotional, spiritual. And how was the process for you to then... Because this is a big lesson that has come out of it, right? And I think that's such a metaphor for all of us and every all the listeners at Brave Table because, you know, how could we then face and and be brave in in all the things that we are calling in and the desires that we really truly want? And even for you to kind of have that bird's eye view of yourself and kind of going through the motions in your head and thinking, how am I not living in my fullest capacity right now (laughs) (laughs) while you're giving birth? Yeah, I know. And so then how was the integration process or or take Mm. me through what were the steps then? Because it's like new mom, Mm. embracing the chaos and the joy and all of it at the same time. But how are you reconciling with this magnitude of what just happened on this plane and in the spiritual plane and how did that inform you know everything going forward for you yeah i mean that's every way that feels really good the the best formed question in response to that story i've ever received so thank you for that (laughs) you know the reality was as i came out into the physical realm and i had crazy complications and challenges with my physical body. I had cellulitis. I had an ileus, which means basically like your stomach stops working. I was readmitted to the hospital. Like as me, my baby was not, she was there, but she was like, not the patient. It was me. And I was having a lot, a lot of issues, but I'm also this interesting person. You know, I was a division one athlete. I was literally trained my whole life to override pain. And so I have a, a just a stupid pain threshold and a disassociation from those sensations in my body and an inability sometimes to acknowledge like what is, oh, I should 
probably do something about that or, you know, and so I learned a lot about that even, right? Where it was like, my baby is here and like, I'm not okay, but I feel like I am. (laughs) So I learned about that new threshold within myself of like, this next decade of my life of motherhood, my 30s has to be about reconnecting to my physical body, to the vessel that is here. That is my sort of tuning fork for my existence. And it's the thing that connects me to now what I understand as God, as spirit, as the universe, you know, as this like cosmic entity that is available to me. And now, and that was really the 30s was where I really learned that, reimagined and reawakened that part of myself. Because I believe that the near-death experience, somebody, I don't know who said this, I heard it somewhere, but it's a quantum leap in consciousness. And I think that that's really, it was like a, like a dial just got turned way up for me. And I couldn't unknow what I now knew. And so now I'm holding a baby. I'm trying to figure out how to breastfeed. We are both terrible at it. My body was broken down and had to do enormous levels of healing. I was in a career that I had loved, but did not love more than my baby. And also knew in the background of my head, and and this is what I had said about the beginning part of that experience was, I knew there was stuff I wanted to be doing, books I wanted to be writing, stories I wanted to be telling. There was no way for me to do that sitting in that chair in that career path. And so in those three and a half months, which were the first three months of my life that I had actually stopped I wasn't working. I wasn't training. I wasn't pushing. I was just folding laundry and feeding my baby and just contemplating my life for the first time in all of those 31 years of my existence here. I was always running, you know, from the pain, from I got to fix it. I got to get to the next thing. I got to achieve to survive. I mean, that was really the, the track that I had been raised into and was on. And so in those three months, I just, you know, got to this clarity of, I can't keep doing it this way and I've got to figure this out. And the only person that can figure it out is me. And I have to push myself beyond the convention, right? And everything I know and the way everybody in my life operates, I need to learn from new examples. I need to put myself in uncomfortable positions. I have to be really brave right now. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one conversation with a friend and she asked me this question and it like shook me to my core the way she asked it to me. We we're on the phone. I was at the end of my maternity leave. I was going to have to go back to work. And we know that feeling and how heart crushing it is. And I hadn't launched the business yet. I didn't have something to replace it. And my family, I had to work. It wasn't an option at that point for me to just like pull the ripcord on it. And she said to me on the phone, you know, I was like, I don't know what to do. And she said, Amber, this is your life. And the emphasis was on the word life. Yeah. And I'll never forget that feeling because when I was in that operating room, For the first time, I think I actually saw the whole of my life, not just like the things I was doing and the titles that I had and the goals that I was accomplishing. And like the next thing that kept me like from the wolves in my head, you know, it was like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And it just shot through me. And so I made a decision that moment, like I'm going to do something different and I'm going to find it. And I don't know what it is right now. And I don't have to know right now, but I'm going to do it. And it was like, I signed on the dotted line with myself. It was that conviction. Yeah. That led you to then start... Start my business. Yep. So it was like, that was December in March, I think, of that next year. And in in the background, I was doing... I had a little Tumblr blog. I'd started a little photography business. You know, I was like doing things. I was posting on social media. Like sometimes my memories will pull up these like old quote cards I put up. I'm like, that was so good. Like, yeah. You were were dabbling. You were dabbling. dabbling. You weren't fully in. Yes. Yes. And I was also treading that line of like, I have to be, keep it safe because I also have this role over here. And I was a, you know, director of marketing at a division one institution. I was one of the top sport marketing professionals in the country. Like I had to walk that line kind of gently because they look, people see things and 
I had to protect also. And so I wasn't like cannibaling in, but in April of 2014, I at this point now had built my business. I had my little website, my Squarespace site, and I was going in Facebook groups and working with entrepreneurs now. I'd had worked with a mentor and she was tremendously helpful. And I got my first client. And I remember it was a Thursday night. I had to like open my Word document to reference like what my coaching package was because I didn't even know. And I was so awkward and bumbly. And she was so gracious and kind. And she was like, yeah, I'm in. And so... I had this thought just run through me. One, it was like, if I can welcome in one client, I could probably welcome in two. If I can welcome in two, I could probably like maybe welcome in three. Maybe if I could work with three, maybe I could work with four. And when you start to do that math, Nita, you realize entrepreneurship and business building is really just about math. You know, how many clients equals my salary and what I make in a month? And once I do that math and I start to get to that, it starts to open up my eyes to possibility. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I gave my notice that following Monday with the one client because what I realized was I have to bet on myself. And if I'm not willing to go all in and bet on myself, nothing is going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Can I grab just 30 seconds of your time? Are you looking to dive deeper into your emotional health journey? Are you healing post breakup or figuring out your next move in life or in business? Do your emotions get the best of you? Do you feel stuck in the suck or feel overwhelmed or anxious? I've got the 20-minute solution. For just 10 days, you can emotionally reset and begin your healing journey and conquer your emotions. So grab your 10-day emotional reset with me and take charge of your emotions like never before. And as a brave listener, you get 50% off when you go to this link, theemotionalreset.com, theemotionalreset.com. Now back to the show. I just want to reflect back at this next kind of season and chapter for you. You were given so many different signs. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, I mean, you had a monumental, big I got magnitude the Mack truck. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely had feathers and bricks before the Mack truck. And I, just I mean, like, la, 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 la. <laughs> it was a full bulldoze. The universe was like, yeah. all right, if yeah. you are not paying attention, I'm going to make sure we are going to jolt you yes. many yes. times so that we can actually have you really living into your full potential. And so you're healing, you're doing all of these things, but then it turns out because you already had major success as a division one marketing director. I mean, that's yeah. that's huge for huge. any athlete. And I feel like m- many athletes having been in that totally. space, probably that's like the next season of evolution up the ladder if you if, totally. if you think about it that way, right? Yep. And so now I kind of want to backtrack just a little bit because when we started, you also said that you're a survivor of sexual abuse as well. As you were also... Because this is one part of your life that you needed to be brave and start to do what life is really meant for you to kind of step into this fully. Was there anything there in terms of the abuse that were coming up in this next season while you were new mama to this beautiful baby girl and you've survived through this spiritual and physical process and now healing anything there that was coming through? Well, you know, I think that it was such a foundational experience to my entire life. And I testified in court when I was five years old against my abuser. And when I... I was five. Yeah. When I think back to that version of myself, I was wide awake. You know, I was a a little kid who had the this sort of 
understanding of humanity and like how things go and so early, you know, and I just had to, because I had to be equipped to survive it, you know, and, and to emotionally survive more than anything. Right. And so I remember my mom teaching me about the word courage. And I remember she would say, you know, Oh, it makes me emotional just to think about it. But she would say, you know, she put these butterflies on my wall. There's these fabric butterflies that are in my daughter's room. Now she said, whenever you look at these butterflies, I want you to feel what courage feels like and how brave you were to go in there. And to, you know, there were a bunch of times when I had to go to court before that. I mean, I was like younger than that. And I was, I mean, I don't even understand how I, you know, in raising my daughter, looking at her at different ages, I just would be bewildered at like five, four, like, wow, okay. You know, it's just like mind blowing to think about myself at that age and stage and having her mirror back to me, my inner child, you know, and just like, that is so wild. And yes, unfair and all these things, but it's like, that's not a place that's helpful for me to hang out in. It's really like, it just is, and it just was. And I went to court and I testified and I used my voice and I had courage and I learned about something that was inside of me that I never forgot. Mm -hmm. And that served me, it has till this day, in every season of my life. And it's like, I can come back to that word courage. And so I love that this show is called The Brave Table because I think courage and bravery our besties yeah. and, you know, finding that wholeheartedness inside of myself, like finding my roar, finding my ability to stand for what's right. You know, it has just served me so well. And really, if I take that and then I overlay it into that transition out of that career, I had to be really courageous. I had to choose my daughter. You know, you can see the correlation here. It was a childcare provider and my mother was an entrepreneur. My mother ended up selling her business oh to be gosh. with us when that happened. And so it was like, I'm a mom, I have a baby girl, no way in hell. Like it just ain't happening. And I needed to be with her anyway. It was just, I always knew it. And so I did the nap time hustle building that business. Oh my gosh. And for those of you who don't have kids, the nap time hustle is (laughs) times of the day when the baby is sleeping. And sometimes... (laughs) Right now. is sleeping right now. Her 10-month-old is sleeping. And sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes you get lucky and it's three hours. And sometimes you get two naps in the day. Yes. Yes. For two and hours you, or an you, hour and a half each. You can never really know. And there were seasons where I was handing the Peppa Pig iPad in the crib and being like, I love you, baby. And I'm watching you, but I got to finish this session. And it just was what it was, you know? But those days, you know, that time created the reality that we're having now and the ability to like, I'm going to give a fast forward snapshot. After we had Ani, you know, I was in the the business building phase. We ended up buying our dream house on this lake. That's a whole story for another day. This house we manifested that we had seen nine years ago. We were able to buy it on this lake. We built this addition that I'm sitting in right now from the ground up. My business paid for it. Like every board, you know, my friend Kate Northrup always says, you know, when I built this and I was sharing it, she was like, I'm so damn proud of you. Your ideas built that house. Mm. It's like, oh, that just, it's like, yeah, yes, it's, sisters. It's, it's, it's full body. It's full it's body. Full body. It's through, full body. you know, through some of the, what I like to call, you know, the sucky moments, because yes. all of those sucky moments yes. have given rise to this unapologetic, aspect of you, which is why when we got connected, I'm like, oh my goodness, she is not just a boss mama because you also create these events for women to come. Can you speak about kind of how now you are able to then do this and pay it forward for so many other women and mamas? 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I have the Ignite Your Business Retreats and um, the Ignite Your Soul Summit, which is sort of like a bigger, bigger thing conference. We had 500 women at our last one before the pandemic. And in New Hampshire, you know, like coming to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, one of the most beautiful places, honestly, in the country that is... I've never been. It is amazing. And I'm almost like, I only want my besties to come, but don't tell too many people because it's real magical here. (laughs) And Even um, in the winter? Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's just so kindred and there's tugboats and the ocean and Maine is like two feet away and cobblestone sidewalks and shops and incredible food. And it's like still quaint, you know, it's not like all corporatized. And so I love it. I love bringing people here. I love showing them the whimsy and allowing them to come to a place they've never been to and to grow the economy and um, support the community of other fellow entrepreneurs here where I live. And so I love that so much. And I just say that, like, if you have a dream to create something in your community, just know it's not only about you, you're going to give lift and rise to so many others. And so it's like, if you have that on your heart and you have the courage to actually do it, do it because you won't regret it. And you will create this sort of ripple effect that is immeasurable. And so that's what I do now, but I'm, you know, I'm a business coach. That's like the bread and butter. I'm a a coach and I host live events. And I really, you know, Nita, one thing I think it's important to say, I think in this industry, there's a lot of like course creators that call themselves coaches, but don't actually coach. They're amazing teachers Mm -hmm. and facilitators of learning experiences. And I think there's a place for that. And that's very important. I do that, but I also coach because there's something about the intimacy of allowing yourself to be witnessed it's really the only place that the true birthing process, like I'm like a business doula Mm. and I help people bring their ideas forth and actually like create it and do what we're talking about, which is be able to build a business that allows you to be with your babies. And for me, you know, we went through secondary infertility after, you know, sort of laying the foundation, tried and tried and tried in 2021, did the IVF, ended up having a miscarriage after conceiving just like the most heartbreaking circumstance you can even imagine. And I just got to this place where my body was like, I can't anymore. Like I just can't, I tried. And I felt so grateful that I was able to try. Mm -hmm. And I had to go through a lot of grief. And really like the most surprising part of it was like, I'm 39 and I'm grieving my fertility. And I did not expect to feel that like, one thing to not be able to conceive, but also with that, my fertility being at its completion point way before my imagination ever thought that would be. Right. That was a lot. And so wow. um, through that healing, like uh, through a whisper, 5 a.m. Instagram scroll by myself on the couch with my tea, I found an adoption consultancy through some grapevine of connection and scheduled a call and like crawled to get on it. You know, it was like, I was really there. Ben and I both were just so like broken. We were like, I don't even, you know, but we just knew. And I knew deep down that my motherhood wasn't complete. And so we had this incredible phone call with this amazing consultants group called Evermore Adoption Consultants. And Brittany and Kristen, you know, they just have built this beautiful business model. Also mamas, adoptive mamas. Kristen was a birth mama and gave one of her babies up for adoption and just like powerful stories. And we did all the things, but we just really took our time because I wasn't in like this rush. I, I My heart was too weary, but I got to this place of like deciding to believe in our baby and letting that be what carried us forward. Like that was the wave that carried us. And in March of 2022, there was a baby boy that was born in Florida 
And I received the letter and I sent a letter to the birth mom for the request. And just like to share the kindred spiritual connection of this. There were two things. One, she wanted to find an adoptive mom that looked like her, that Mm -hmm. had some sort of resemblance, like similar coloring and whatnot. And she also wanted to name him Alexander. And when I read that part in the letter, I just lost it because our boy name for Ani was Alexander. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. So I wrote this letter through tears and I just like prayed. And then I went and sat in his room because I just knew. I just knew that. I just knew it. I, I can't say it any other way, but I sent the letter and I have this picture of myself. I sent to my best friend after I told her about this. And I'm sitting in his bedroom, which was the guest room at the time, because I was too scared to make it a nursery. I was just, I just couldn't do it. But I was like, this is his room. And so I was sitting on the bed and I took a picture of myself. And um, I recently looked back at that picture and it was like a mother's intuition. Like I just knew. And we got the call the next afternoon. And then basically like less than 12 hours after that, we were on a plane to Florida with a, you know, an empty baby seat. And my best friend had brought over everything she could for me. I was like, baby, baby, I don't know. Like, you know, it was just so fast. It was so quick. And within, you know, from that moment of sitting on the bed within, I think it was like 48 hours, we were holding our son. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And we were parents of two. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. A lot of brave, you know, and in all of it, there's like, so many logistics and all these things. But the reality is, is like this business made all of those things possible. Yeah. Because you initially, nine years ago, you said yes yep. to you. Your story is not only so moving, but it should be this inspiration for anybody who's listening right now who needs that nudge, who has been holding themselves back, who has been either playing small or second guessing and putting themselves on the back burner. I mean, you created this whole new reality, not just in your business, in your full spectrum of your life. And what I'm actually hearing even also, just some of those magical moments, because I talk about magical moments that sucked. And for you, those sucky moments gave rise to so much magic to then tenfold and exponentiate. And also through that healing process, because the little Amber in you that was five years old, didn't know that you were also going to then have a baby girl. And then that was a whole healing journey and process. And then for you to usher in your son after going through this whole infertility journey and adopting a baby boy. I mean, I feel like we can go on for hours and I definitely want to bring you back for part two because I think that Brave Table fam, you know, Amber is definitely one you probably want to learn from and she has her show as well Mm -hmm. that I know we're going to be dropping in as well on your show. And so before we end, I usually have our little igniting round, but I feel Mm -hmm. like this theme has been courage and bravery. So what does bravery mean in this stage and season of your life? Mm. I think it's remembering that little girl and that fire that she had and honoring her, you know, in present day. I think it's this beautiful sort of like being in between my inner child and my children and witnessing their magic and allowing that to continue to keep me alive as this adult person and to keep finding that edge of inner growth that translates into creation, you know, like using my hands to translate what's inside to the outside world 
and to recognize that you can be brave in every season, in every moment, in every day, there, there are edges up for our bravery to click in on. And yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful invitation. So thank you for that question. Cause in my head is like, yes, you have more poetry books that you want to write. And one of them scares the hell out of you. And so maybe we just start <laughs> writing it. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, Amber, where can we follow you? Where can we work with you? How can we come to one of your events? Tell us Thank all you things. for asking. Yeah. I mean, the home base is amberlilliestrom.com. So you guys can get the books there. You can listen to the podcast there. Check out all the ways in which I work with clients in the containers. And then the event dates and tickets and stuff are all there too. And then I love Instagram. I know you do too. It's my spot. And so come on over. I'm just at Amber Lillistrom on Instagram. Love sharing content, being creative, connecting with you in the DMs and just playing in life and the livingness that we're all getting to do here together. Well... Thank you so much for your wisdom and your shares and just your insight on life. Until next time on The Brave Table. I told you she was fierce. All right, go ahead. Stop what you're doing. Follow her at Amber Lillystrom. That is A-M-B-E-R-L-I-L-Y-E-S-T-R-O-M. You can check her out and all of her offerings on amberlillystrom.com. That is A-M-B-E-R-L-I-L-Y-E-S-T-R-O-M. And you can check us out on her podcast. We did a deep dive on her podcast not too long ago, Ignite Your Dreams. That is on iTunes and it is linked in the show notes below. If you've loved this episode, I know you are just going to love episode 101, being brave in breakups, listening to your intuition, miscarriages and somatic healing and new love with Dr. Jen Asquire. She is amazing. And you may want to listen to episode 83, how to step into the best version of yourself before becoming a mama with Melissa Ambrosini. And finally, episode 39, Second Chances at Life, Manifesting Through Contrast and Responsible Leadership with Jenna Phillips-Ballard. And that is a wow one as she talks about her near-death experience. So loves, what are you braving today? Now, if I can get 10 seconds of your time, I would love for you if this has sparked you in any way, shifted you in any way, share this with a friend, share this with a family member, a colleague someone who you think needs to have more bravery in their life. And if you haven't left a five-star review, what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to us if you can take two minutes out of your time today to leave us a five-star review and tell us how the show has helped you have brave conversations, how it's helped you in your life. As this means so much, you have no idea. It allows us to have better guests and better visibility when you leave those reviews. Go ahead, screenshot it to support at globalgrit.co. Send your screenshot to support at globalgrit.co and we will send you a free gift. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week and contributing to our community. And don't forget to be just a little bit more brave. Bye.